And I decided what I wanted to do was begin like a two-part message today. Uh, And the title of the message series, I suppose, is called It Is Good. Can you say that with me? It is good. Does that phrase sound familiar? Can you pull that from somewhere in Scripture? Genesis 1, right? In fact, God says it seven times in Genesis 1. I don't know if you caught this, but through creation, God does his great work, his creative work. And are we not created in his image, right? So what God does, we are to reflect. And as he's creating for those six days, he stops in each one of these moments. And he says, he takes time to say, it is Good. says, God looked upon it and said, it is good. What is that all about? God is in a moment of celebration. God is in a moment of appreciating the goodness of what he has just advanced. And God has hardwired it into us as his creation to rejoice and celebrate and appreciate the advancements that he is making in and through our lives through every generation the people are upon this planet. And I didn't really get that in my early years, in my business career, and then even early in ministry, you know, 100 miles an hour all of the time. I felt like it was almost a, a setback to stop, as Pastor David said, and take a breath and enjoy what God has done. And, and I wish I would have learned that earlier, but I thank God that I've learned it, that it's good. In this moment, this season that we're in right now, I feel that it is incredibly purposeful for us to take time today, this weekend, step back and say, man, what God has done, it is good. Would you agree with me on that? And to rejoice about that. And I thought today I would just share with you some memories and milestones of the last five years and the lessons that God has taught me through them. And I believe, really believe with all my heart that these lessons and these things will bless you as well because God is in them. He's been in them and he's doing a great thing. I was talking to my kids and I said, what what are some things that you can recall were great moments, you know, fun, exciting, celebration things over the last five years. And I don't know if you have looked at any of these pictures, it kind of blows me away, but like how little my kids look at the beginning of this whole thing versus where they're at right now. That's a little scary for me because it's only five years, but they've changed so much. Jake, your hair's got a lot longer too, by the way, (laughs) a lot longer. And I was asking my kids, you know, Wade, what's some of the things that you remember were the big moments? And several of them were like, oh, Dad, absolutely, without question, no doubt about it. It's the time when you were preaching in Jerseyville and you ripped your pants. (laughs) Got something else? No, 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 Dad, that that is, your pants just rip wide open. You can see your boxers on the back. And oh, yeah, that was great, Dad. Okay, and then I thought to myself, you know, this is actually in the Bible. 
This is scriptural. In fact, I'll show you. 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. Put that up there. Therefore David took hold of his own clothes and tore them, and so did all the men who were with him. I was just trying to set a good example, you know? And then I thought about when we actually launched the church in 2016 and the lessons that God taught us about stepping out and taking risks for him and putting yourself in a place. And I I can't encourage you enough to live your life like this, to have the kind of faith that you need to have that puts you out there with God, where frankly, if he's not there to hold you up, you will fall where he's got to be there, where you're willing to take that kind of risk for what he can and will do in and through your lives. I think about how God showed us so clearly, and that it's true in Scripture, that God went before us here in the community, and he paved a way. The favor and the reputation and the influence that God opened up for us in the early days in the community and with the mayor and relationships all over Waterloo in the Monroe County area, no man could do that. God actually went before us and softened the environment and paved a way, and his favor was there ahead of us to Prepare the place where we had to step into that he was leading us. You see, God's already been in your future. Did you know that? He's already been there and he already sees it. And if you're walking with him and you're lined up with him, he's preparing a way for his favor to be there where he's wanting to lead you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says this, And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Moses is sharing this with Joshua before he takes over as the leader of Israel. Joshua, you're getting ready to go into the promised land. I want you to understand something, Joshua. God is going to be in front of you where you're going. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged because God will never leave you. I saw that favor just pave the way for everything that God wanted to lead us into here in this community, and he's continuing to do that to this day. I remember another particular story, and this one just kind of kept coming back to me this last week, and I thought, I'm not sure that's really a story I would and I just, it really kept impacting me the more and more I thought about it. And it was a time when we were over at Blue and Michelle's, and you know, when we started, we were actually having church on Sundays in a hall above a bar. And it was a tavern down below on the lower level, and it was like a banquet hall up top, and we'd come in every Sunday, we'd get there hours early, and we'd set up, and then afterwards we would tear back down the kids' church was downstairs. We literally had to lay blankets over the, uh, over the pinball machines because there was inappropriate <laughs> stuff there. And they had these partitions that we set up. Oh, we were doing church, man. And, uh, and, and we were there one Sunday, 
and we came in, and somebody came up to me from the team and said, uh, Pastor Matt, uh, we just wanted to let you know we're not really sure what to do here, but there's puke all over the front steps leading in. You know, we would set our signs out on the street and all that. And uh, and I love, you know, our, we had so many people like Dorothy and others who were just true servants. And they said, uh, you know, Pastor Matt, don't worry about it. We'll We'll take care of it. And of course, you know, I can't do everything, and nobody can, and everybody, we delegate and all that stuff, but there was something about this moment for me where I said, you know what, no, I said, I'm going to do that, because I needed to, I just, I needed to see and be reminded that you're never above anything. And the Lord was just really dealing with me about being a servant. He said, you're, you're the senior pastor here, but you just need to remember what Paul says in Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, please never think of yourself more highly than you ought to. And I pray every day that God continue to help me to maintain that character and that humility as a true servant. There is nothing in the house of God that I am above, and there is nothing that any one of us are above. And we need to always be that kind of servant in everything we do. And if we will, I'm telling you, the Lord will bless it. The Lord will bless it. I remember when we were renting space here at this building. It was a Methodist church, and they were so kind and generous to make a place for us. One of the reasons why my heart beats strongly for church unity is we were blessed so much by other churches and by other friends in the body of Christ in this community early on. We had a late service on Sunday mornings because they were having church, but on Christmas Eve, the first Christmas Eve after we launched the church, we didn't have a location to do our Christmas Eve candlelight service because it was in use for the other church, naturally. We had to have a Christmas Eve service, right, Nancy? And so we came up with a plan. We went to the city. We got permission to actually have a candlelight Christmas Eve service right in the middle of Town Square. Anybody else remember that? I mean, we were a church of probably 50 or 60 people at the time, and I think close to 200 people showed up that night. Snowflakes were falling I mean, it was a, you couldn't make a Hallmark movie this good. I'm just telling you. Like, oh, you know. And as, as we kind of wrapped that up that night and we were singing praises, there was this moment where I heard the praises and the songs that were being sang. It was like it was bouncing off of the buildings and echoing through the trees. It was the most glorious sound and there was this overwhelming feeling, we are here in the center of our town at Town Square next to City Hall, and we are declaring the name of Jesus in our community. And that released something. I believe that with all my heart. You know, the Bible speaks about principalities and powers, spirits that sit and rest over regions. And I believe that we are called... Jesus said, wherever you go into a city or a village or a home, the peace that I give you, take that peace with you, and if you see fit, release that peace into that environment. 
And I'm telling you, from a spiritual perspective, folks, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We were declaring the name of Jesus, and we were releasing the Spirit of God and the peace of God in our community, and we continue to do that to this day. Brothers and sisters, walk your streets, walk your neighborhoods, walk up and down the places where you work and pray and declare the name of Jesus and release the peace of God into the environment because you have the authority to do that. Amen. Of course, the next Christmas Eve, we decided to do that again and it was 10 degrees and (laughs) fingers of the guitar players were freezing and that was... That was quite a thing. Um, I remember when we were not even a church for an entire year, and we had the opportunity to buy this building. The Methodist Church, they were going through a process of shutting down, and they came to us and said, hey, you know, we're going through some changes. We see God's blessing, the work that you're doing here. We would just like to give you the first opportunity to purchase this facility. Of course, it would have been a perfect transition for us at the time to go from renting to owning and already be where we were. And so they said, look, we're, we're all about the kingdom here, and we just like to give it, like offer it to you for what we owe on it. 9,000 square feet up and down, two parcels here with the property in the parking lot. And we owe $107,000 on it. If you could come up with the money, we'll sell it to you for that. I said, I'll find the money. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, of course, at the time, we weren't even a church for a year, so we couldn't even get a loan. Bank wouldn't finance it. We didn't have books and history enough to be able to do that. So we were able to raise a substantial portion to be able to get started And then we were able to privately finance the rest without conventional lending. And then two and a half years later, we paid that off. That was pretty awesome, isn't it? God made a way. And so the lesson in that is this, Philippians 4, 9. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When when our heart, guys, is to build God's kingdom, when our heart is to do the work that he is calling us to do, can I tell you something about our God that we serve? He has unlimited resources. Resources are not an issue for him. It's the motive of our heart that he needs to check. And if our motive is to build the kingdom, let me tell you something. He'll move every resource into position to advance that will of his in and through our lives. When Solomon set himself to build the house of God in Jerusalem, God moved the finest resources of the earth and the finest craftsmen from all of the earth, and he brought them from the four corners of the land into Jerusalem to advance the work that they were committed to building, which was the house of God and a place where he would dwell When we are committed to building God's kingdom, he'll bring every resource, and it's never too early, and it's never too late, and it's never too much, and it's never too little. It's perfect. And that's the God that we serve. And I pray you know that lesson and that truth in your life as well. I remember when we were laboring, if you will, uh, to kind of break that critical barrier and church growth, you study that, and that, 
major threshold, that milestone, breaking a hundred people, a hundred in attendance, and there's something significant about that and the momentum that's gained. And I remember for a long time, at least it felt like a long time to me, you know, we were doing all the things that we knew were necessary to lay the right foundation, to build a healthy and balanced church. And we were doing all of this, and it felt like it was just struggling. We'd go up to about 60, 70, and we'd drop back down, Paul. And then we'd go up to about 80, and we'd drop back down. And it's just kind of this ebb and flow. And we'd dance around 100, and we'd drop back down. I was like, are we ever going to do it? You know, break 100. This felt like this, this intense, you know, time. Probably toiling in my own strength way more than what I needed to for that. But it finally came. And it finally happened, and we broke a hundred. And then that was right around the time, I think, where we bought the building, and then we started going over a hundred steadily, and we went to a second service. And I'm telling you, we went from a hundred to two hundred so fast, my head was spinning. It was less than six months. The interesting thing about the hundred to two hundred is that so many of the same important fundamentals and foundations are what we continued to do. It looked slow and steady here. It looked explosive and fast here. But much of the same spiritual disciplines, things of obedience in Scripture that God calls us to, He's the one who brings the increase. There are seasons in your life where it'll be tenfold. There are seasons in your life where it'll be thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold. God brings the increase in whatever plenty or in whatever abundance he chooses to do it is entirely up to him. But if we will obey and stand in faith, God will continue to bring the increase for the work and the labor that you're doing for him. And to this day, we still strive and we still focus on making sure we're building a healthy, balanced church. You see, those four things on the wall back there that we have, extend, experience, expand, exchange, this is our way of helping people to see what we are about, the business of doing. The local church in the New Testament, from our perspective, is clearly engaged in prayer, in worship, in intimacy, in discipleship, in raising people up strong in their gifts, in community, in fellowship, in godly relationships, and in serving our community and sharing the gospel around the world. We are committed to doing that. When a church is singularly focused in one area to the neglect of the others, it is a detriment to the body, it is a detriment to the people. We are called to be whole and balanced and healthy, and as we continue to cultivate an environment of health, the seeds that God dispenses into the environment can continue to spring up strong and produce a harvest that is abundant in the seasons that are ahead. That's the same in your own life. Called to be healthy and balanced people. You know, just a couple weeks ago at Easter, speaking about breaking 100 and then 200, I just shared this with you. Uh, in all of our in-person services in both locations, we had almost 400 people in in-person attendance. And with our online uh, campus and audience there, we were well over 400 that day. So God continues to bring the increase. Amen? Amen. A couple years ago, we had the great privilege and blessing of coming into relationship with our friends at Gateway Church down in South Lake. And the 
impact that that has made on Katie and I, on our leadership team, and our church uh, across the board has just been profound, helping us to see and understand how significant it is when Proverbs says there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And counselors is not just anybody with an opinion. It's godly men and women who can speak into a situation and who have no bias other than they have your best interest at heart. And the covering and spiritual wisdom uh, and experience that we have previewed ourselves to through this relationship has radically affected the health of me personally and my wife, of our family, and frankly of this entire church. It's continued to trickle on down all the way through. And I just encourage you to consider who are the wise counselors in your circle and in your relationship who are speaking and releasing life into the things that God is wanting to do in and through you. I think about how we launched a new campus last uh, uh, year and how through COVID and pandemic and how we knew that God was speaking to us about going multi-site because it was a, a strategy to support the vision of expanding the kingdom and helping to elevate the health of the body of Christ in our region. God has spoken to us that we're going to be used to make an impact for the body of Christ regionally. And, and the strategy that supports that is part of that is multi-site uh, campuses and expression. And God opened the door for that to be able to happen. And we committed to just going in as servants. Let me tell you something. When you lead with that heart, God will bless the work that you're going to do. You say, we're here to serve. How can we serve a church that's struggling in our community and the result of that is, is that they ended up becoming a campus of our church, but we, that was because we decided, both leadership teams, that we could make a greater impact for the kingdom together than separately. That doesn't always happen that way, but God was saying that in that moment. And if we will set our eyes first on the kingdom and God's plans above everything else, it will bring it into its proper perspective. And you know, through that, God has done exactly what he says in Ephesians 3.20. Yes, amen. He, he has blessed us, and he has done immeasurably more through that than we ever even prayed for or asked for. We asked for some big things, and we prayed for some big things. But what God has done through the relationships there and through our friends that we've built and the pastors that we've added to our team, all that, it's like God said, hey, you're praying for big things, and I'm hearing you, I'm answering you, and oh, by the way, I'm going to add some blessing on top of that that you don't even have the capacity to ask for right now. Isn't that amazing? Hey, whatever you're praying for, I encourage you, pray, and just know there's, that we serve a limitless God, but also know that he's so good that as far as your prayers can reach and in your vision can see, God says you don't even have the capacity to ask for and pray for as big of things as I already have planned to release in your future. Amen. Woo, I feel that right now, man. And I think about how people really are the treasure. Souls are the treasure. Right, I mean buildings and infrastructure, that's all necessary, but people and souls 
are the treasure. I think about how when we were able to finally hire our first staff person, right? When we launched the church, it was just me and a bunch of people volunteering, doing a lot of stuff. And when we were able to hire our very first staff person, which was Lisa Ross, after... After, I, I don't know, a year, year and a half, and look, I mean, you all, most of you probably know this will come as no surprise, but Lisa served Katie and I in this church for well over a year, year and a half entirely for free in a part-time job capacity, and so it was so great when we could finally bring her on, and then she could really begin to serve us with more time and more of her ability, and we could compensate her for that. My wife, I mean, she worked for free for the first three, three and a half years, full time laboring. And it, and it was really awkward when I had to fire her a few times because <laughs> how do you fire somebody that's working for free, right? In her defense, I think she quit a couple of times too. Uh, that might have been last week. Anyway, I don't know. I think about... You know, all of our team and everybody, and, and time does not permit me to go through all of that, but especially just want to say with Pastor Mike and Pastor Guy, when we were able to bring you guys on and make you a part of this team, and we could get in here every week, day in and day out, elbow to elbow, and do ministry together, it has just absolutely profoundly impacted this church. And, and me as well. To have two strong men of God like you by my side. It's comforting, it's reassuring, and I feel safe. Thank you. And of course, we never want to forget, Pastor Mike, that now I am your boss. So... very important part of the story. <laughs> I think about all the salvations. I can't even count them. I, I mean, I know some churches can keep stats on that, and I just never really have done a good job of that, honestly, but I, I, it's countless numbers of people who have made decisions to give their life to Christ that have went from death to life, who were never going to be with God and are going to be in heaven with him afterwards. We see it many week after week, people making decisions to serve Christ with their life. We see last couple what weekends ago, 20 baptisms in all of our services, young and old. Oh, and I think about, man, God is moving and doing incredible things. I have had the privilege and honor of being able to baptize my own children. That's a, a special kind of treasure. Yeah. It really is. And that's just another one of those God just more icing on top right here. I'm going I'm to give you an added blessing. You're going to baptize your own children in this house yeah. and in this place where you're raising them up. And not just that, but to see now they're and my nieces and nephews and, and dedicated some of them when they were babies and now I'm baptizing. That's a little scary, actually. This is going too fast. <laughs> But to see their gifts and talents and abilities now actually being given expression in the house of God. Man, 
It's, I never even thought, saw this coming, and God is blessing us so much. An environment of health that's ripe for people's giftings to come alive and be used in supernatural ways to advance the will of God in our generation. I see that happening in our family. And we, we are learning and have really been focusing on this for the last couple of years, especially with our kids, that we are on this journey together. Can I say something to you, parents, especially dads and fathers? God is giving a vision, wants to give a vision to you for your family. And here's the reality. If you won't seek him for that, then you absolve yourself from a mantle that no one else can carry. And God has called one. He's called the unit. He's called the family. And we're on this journey together. We've heard stories of people in ministry over the years whose kids have gone on to resent and hate ministry and really want nothing to do with the local church. And we drove a stake in the ground and said, that will not be our family. Our kids are going to love ministry. Our kids are going to love serving in the house of God. We are going to build a healthy environment where their gifts and purposes can come alive. And I know many men and many a leader of a home or a husband are ambitious and who set out in a direction to go pursue something. And they're the only ones that are out there. Their family's back here. And sometimes it takes a little bit more effort and time to slow down and nurture. But the important point is, is you better get your family there with you. They better be standing by your side when you tread out into that unknown water. Or I'm telling you, according to scripture, you're doing something wrong. And God calls you. He's going to give you a vision for your family. And you have the responsibility of raising them up strong and seeing their gifts and purposes come alive. And you function individually, but you function as a unit as well. And it's a beautiful expression of the glory of God and the gifts that he can provide when we walk things out in the order that he's created them to be. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, uh, and I get to see now that we've got this next generation of up-and-coming leaders here in our church that are rising up and getting strong. I'm watching them worship in spirit and in truth. I'm watching them teach in kids' church downstairs. I'm watching them just declare the goodness of God and disciple and, and, and mentor one another in Wednesday night and in small groups and all that. And I think, my God, what the future holds as we continue to raise up a multi-generational and multicultural church that's a true expression of heaven. Watching these young people come alive is a beautiful thing. You see, I have learned over these years to absolutely love fall in love with what the local church is all about. And I can't encourage you enough in your own walk, fall in love with the local church. Because when she's functioning properly, it's been said, and I agree, 
it's the most transformational organization on the face of the planet. You know, I've heard people over the years who have bashed and criticized the local church. And I get that people have been hurt in churches. I get that. And I, I have sympathy and compassion for that. But I'm just telling you, be careful whose bride you bash. <sighs> because we're a bunch of imperfect people, but we're the bride of Christ. And I've watched the church shine. I've seen the church. Where are you going to go when marriages are failing? Where are you going to go when addictions need recovering? Where are you going to go when things are at odds, when you lose a loved one? Where are you going to go? I've seen the local church and the family of God shine the way Jesus intended her to in these moments and seasons of people's lives. And my faith is in the work that the local church will do to advance heaven and the will of God here on the face of this this earth. I can't encourage you enough. Fall in love with the local church. I mean, when I hear people criticizing and bashing the bride of Christ, I consider myself to be a pretty compassionate. I have a high threshold for nonsense and silliness. At least I feel like my wife might disagree, but I, but man, when I hear somebody bashing and criticizing the local church, I think about James and John, the sons of thunder, and the way they respond. And I think, I won't stand for that. Not on my watch and not around conversations that are happening where I'm in proximity to. Absolutely not. The local church is the hope. We carry the Spirit of God. It's the hope to advance change in our world today. I believe that with all my heart. And so... We're here now to continue moving forward and strengthening and advancing what God has already begun. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I think about what's already happened and I think, Lord, how much more there is to come. You see, we serve a God who specializes in multiplication. Did you know that? And you understand how compounding works. Then you understand how drastic the application of multiplication can be. You see, when God would call Israel to begin their first season of crops, they would seed the ground and they would take their first harvest in that year. But the seeds of that harvest would sow the ground for the next year's crops and the soil was already enriched and improved by what had began to grow. And every year, the crop would get more and more dense within the same acreage, stronger and more and more harvest coming out of the same area. What I'm saying is what God has done in the last five years, I hope you would agree with me, it's been a great run. But I'm just telling you what God has for what's ahead is so big that it will blow all of our minds and we are all going to get to be a part of that. We're here for the long haul. You see, the local church is here to raise people up strong to grow their faith. And that does not happen in one weekend service. Listen to me. There's no message that I can preach or Pastor Mike or Pastor Guy or Pastor Katie. There's no one message 
that any person can preach that's going to give you all you need to become everything that God's created you to be. We're here for the long haul. Seasons and seasons. This is not a blow-in, blow-out situation. And when you're leading like that, I'm just telling you, you do things differently. You think differently. Our objective is to get as many people there as we possibly can. <laughs> we're filling that ship and we're leading, but we are not okay with people just falling off. And, you know, we're just going to run, and if you can keep up, great. No, we are here to get as many people into the presence of God, into the purposes of God, to raise up as many game changers as we possibly can. And we're going to be a whole and healthy and balanced church. And I just say it to you like this as I begin to wrap this up. And I want you to hear this because I'm coming to understand. And this is the word of the Lord to me. I know it. I'm coming to understand. And I want you to know this. That we are building and making moves and positioning this church. Listen to me, please. To outlast Katie and I. You got to know that. You got to know that because we want to see this work continue well after we're gone. And we got to do things and make decisions and implement things in a way to allow that to happen because it will not just naturally happen on its own. I envision generations and generations ahead throughout all of the region and campuses. And I know that work. That I'm just a man and I'm just here for a vapor and it's gone but the work that God wants to do on this earth is scripturally intended to increase until the day of Jesus's return and I want to sow every seed into the environment that I can to make it ripe and healthy for that to happen and so I close with this think about your own life it is good everybody say it is good I want you to look back over the last season. I want you to look back over the last year, over the last five years. And I'm sure there's been moments and seasons of pain. We've all had them. But I want you to ask yourself this question. I want you to be thinking about that and praying about that as you go today and through this week. What has Jesus done for you. I love my Jesus. He's so good. He's so good. And he's been there with me through it all. Even when I wasn't seeking him, even whenever I wasn't interested in his plans above my own, he's so faithful. He's so steadfast. He's so solid and true. He's so consistent. What has he done in your life that you can look at, you can see the hand and the work of God and where those moments are? Can I just please beg you and appeal to you? Would you say with your lips and with your heart and with your voice, would you say to him, Lord, it is good. And would you rejoice and celebrate 
what he has done for you because God has created you to rejoice in everything that he advances in and through your life and it'll set your faith and your eyes on your future in a different way when you see how the hand of God has already moved in your life. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give God praise today before we go. There's joy in the morning Springing up in my soul There's life worth living Cause he calls me in his own There's a hallelujah After sweet victory Come on There's no sound louder than The captain set free Again There's no sound louder than The captain set free another 5, 10, 20, 30 years. I tell you what, I love you guys. And I know this church loves you guys. I just pray blessing on you guys, protection. And I know God has something great for Waterloo and for Life Church X and wherever our next plant may be. Because God's in it. God's gone before us. And we're going to serve him through this. So come on, let's worship him today. Just be thankful. Tell these guys you love them. Just tell them you love them today. Amen. Be blessed today and enjoy your day.